and uh, we will dig in. So this is from the author of Hebrews. This is chapter 10, verses 32 to 39. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, now remember he's talking to Christians, after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. In other words, I'm proud you were tough in the past. You're getting weak right now. You have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised, what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. I want to pray again. Abba, Father, I'm, I am so deeply moved in my spirit by your word. Would you please, please speak now, Abba, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Right. Let's dig in here. But remember, uh, the word remember is a critical term because he's saying, he, he's, he's doing what a good teacher, what a good parent, what a good philosopher would do, what a good pastor should do. And that is to ask these people to remember when they were born again. So let's, let's push it here. What do you remember? You know, you don't have to give your testimony, but, but you get the idea. Do you remember the day when you realized that there is nothing that you have done to earn your way into heaven? Nothing. Do you remember that day? And do you remember the day when you realized you were utterly and completely dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you remember maybe the crying? Do you remember the prayer? When you just opened up your heart and, it, and, and you opened it up in such a way, not because you had all the answers, but you opened up your heart believing that he was the answer. And by faith, you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He somehow stepped out of heaven. He stepped inside of you and you were born again. And do you remember your attitude towards scripture? What it was like? How you couldn't wait to read this thing? And, and then you, start, you had a guilt problem. <gasps> Is it okay to underline in the Bible or is that, <laughs> is that sacrilegious? Or, would God be mad at me if I highlighted? And then something clicks and you're like, it's okay. And boy, I mean, you've got marks and you're just all over the place. And, and, and then you're, you, know, you go into your friends and you say, did you, did you ever read that one? Did you look at that? That's really cool. Are you gonna, I have no idea what that means. And you're talking and you're asking all the right questions. Remember that when you loved this book? Do you remember that day? And, and, and when things got tough, you just had this idea that, well, 
I'm okay because I'm going to pray about it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray about it. And you did. And you felt better. Like there was something renewed inside of you. Some catalytic force that just strengthened your spirit because you prayed about it. And you prayed believing that your father loves you and that he has compassion on you and he's not some psycho-cosmic killjoy playing hide-and-seek in the universe. And you believed he was there and he, he would draw near in your spirit. And it was beautiful. And you made it through the day. Do you remember that? That's what he's asking these folks to do. Remember the day, the former days, when you were born again and you were baptized and in that you endured a great conflict of suffering. This is, this is really exciting. Let's just get a couple of great things. This word right here, that's athleson. Sounds like what, Matt Collar? Athletic. And what's, that could actually be translated very accurately as a contest. It's, it's the word that describes the difficulty of an athlete preparing for competition. It's, it's athletes struggling in training, athletes struggling in the actual competition. That's the word he uses. And, and so it's interesting because this is written in all likelihood uh, to Christians in Rome. Was there a Colosseum in Rome? Do you think there were athletic competitions there? Oh, yeah. So he grabs out a word that everybody would get, that your faith as a Christian in a very secularized pagan society, that when you are trying to be the light of the world in that environment, it's an athletic contest. And may the athlete who has trained the best win. That's the idea. How muscled are you spiritually? What kind of cardiovascular training have you gone through? What about metabolic conditioning, weight resistance? Can you handle the pressure of being a Christian? Can you handle the pressure of being a Christian in a culture that is very anti-Christian? That's, that's what's going on here. By the way, 33 and 34, uh, Andrew Lau, I thought of you and I was doing my research and writing based on some insight you gave some weeks ago. Verse 33, 34 forms what's called a chiasmus. It kind of X marks the spot. It's an argument where you're repeating ideas, and as you move closer to the core idea, you're getting to the punchline. And so you get this ABBA pattern, partly being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, repeats that idea coming back out. You accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and lasting one. So ideas of persecution, but then it moves into the core because you became a sheriff. By the way, that Greek word, if you're interested, is koinonia. We get our word fellowship from this word because you shared in, you had fellowship in with those people who were so treated, who were made public spectacles, who did lose their property. You ready? You chose to still be friends with them. You chose to still have a relationship with people who were arrested and lost their property. And then because you associated with the wrong people, you were arrested. And while under arrest, your property was seized. In fact, the word for seizure is actually a violent word 
And it, it, it's used to translate the ideas of the spoils of war. When in combat, when you, you win, the soldiers get to comb the area and pillage and plunder in empty wallets and look for jewelry. It means to loot. It can also mean to loot. Yeah, Rick. Uh, you know, the point you're making, I think, is really emphasized in the next chapter, in chapter 11. Oh, where, yes, sir. Where the author talks about all of the, all of the patriarchs and how what they did because of their faith or by their faith they did all of these things. And, it, and what, what the common denominator is is that if you have faith, there's going to be action. Yes, whether, yes. whether you want to split the hair and say, because of my faith, I do this, or I do this because of my faith. Yes, yes. So, Rick, this is good. You're thinking there are two lists. There are two lists going on in this little gathering, this house church. List number one is the names of people who quit the church. Okay, some of them full-on apostatized. Some just moved. And that's, that's a really difficult list because these were people that were possibly leading Bible studies, leading in the Eucharist, and they turned their back on Jesus. And these are the people we, the author would say, don't be like these people. And then there's the second list of names. It's called chapter 11, right? And look at all these people. So you're right. You nailed it, Rick. And, he's, and why did he give him those lists of heroes? Do you think we need heroes in America? Oh, my goodness. We long for it. A moral hero. <laughs> we long for a moral hero. And you wish some people in power would stop tweeting. Just button it, please. And that's not the only one. We're looking for moral heroes. And so the author, knowing that, says, you want to know who the ultimate hero is? It's Jesus. And he starts that one out with chapter 12. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Do you think relationships matter? There's a problem of guilt by association. Look at verse 35, 36. Do not throw away. The idea, throw away is like, you know, I'm sick of this old jacket and I take it off and I throw it away. That's the idea. It means to remove a garment or it means to cast something aside, to throw something away. Um, uh, the idea here is that, and by the way, the word confidence, parasitia in Greek here, uh, uh, can be easily translated boldness. Boldness. And the idea here, uh, Talma, is that when you follow Jesus, you are the light of the world, right? And you are a city set on a hill. And you cannot do that in hiding. The pressure of persecution was so severe, Christians went underground. It's what's going on. And, and the author is saying, don't throw away your boldness. Don't hide in your faith. Don't keep your faith to yourself. Don't keep your faith to yourself. Don't hide Jesus. Don't put him under a bushel basket. All right? Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. 
you have need of endurance. Endurance, uh, Matt, another military kind of uh, uh, metaphor. It's also in Greek moral philosophy. The idea is that you, it, it's from the, the root word is meno. Uh, in John's gospel, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, okay, if you meno in me, abide, stay put, and my words stay put in you, that's the root word. Hupa, meno is the word, which means to get up under it and stay put. Don't run is the idea. Stay put. Stay put. You have need to learn how to stay put and not run. And then these intense words here, for yet in a very little while, he was coming, will come, and will not delay. Notice, notice the repeating of the word. The coming one will come. You know what the idea is? Jesus is coming back. And waiting is hard. It's difficult. And you think he delays. And he delays. And he delays so much that you lose heart. And you, your faith grows weak. But he will not delay but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if, and if he shrinks back, and that means to withdraw, that means to hide, it means to deny, my soul has no pleasure in him. We are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Suke, soul. It's a root word for psychology. All right. You are the gifted body of Christ. What do we do with this? I want to read some historical quotes so that you'll appreciate what is actually going on in the text and how difficult it could be for a believer. When it comes to the seizure of your property, when it comes to that kind of persecution, this is something the Apostle Paul himself endured. In fact, in Acts 19... When Paul was preaching the gospel there, the Ephesians went into a rage and they began to scream. Great is Artemis, Artemis of the Ephesians. The city was filled with confusion. They rushed with one accord into the theater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions. Okay, here's what happens. Um, Anybody heard what goes on in Singapore about public caning? Are you aware of this, public caning? Okay, Matt, you've been to Singapore, I think, Matt, haven't you? I thought about it, and then I... Did you get caned in Singapore? So if you know anything about Singapore and, and that culture, they believe in public shaming, right? Now, what is the potential value? Let's be neutral sociologists for the moment. What's the value of public caning? It's an extremely clean city. In fact, it is a crime to spit your gum out. It's a crime to spit on the sidewalk, etc. leave trash. But what's the value of public caning? The masses learn a moral lesson. The public learns, don't do what that guy did, or you will be shamed publicly. Do you understand? All right, this is interesting. Uh, when it says here, uh, partly being made a public spectacle, that word is actually the word in Greek, theater. The theater. So can you imagine uh, being drugged to Colonel Glenn? 
and put up on the, on the theater or some big stage, taken at the War Memorial or Breckenridge or some, some theater, and you're put on display, and guess what everybody gets to do for a long time? Watch the beating. You will be beaten, by the way. The rods, the lectors, the police come. You know, Brian carries a Glock. These guys carry sticks. They carry rods, fessies, and they're very flexible, and they actually can kill a man. There's actually a record where a man was, was bludgeoned to death by these things. The cops come, and you get a public beating on stage. And then guess what you get to endure for a long time? Name-calling. In fact, it's written that they endured hissing and, uh, quote-unquote, having then escaped from what was rather uh, was the theater. They're now brought in, and it says, there was a great noise of people hissing and groaning and ridiculing us in an extravagant manner. The kind of stuff you get when you're in prison. All right. So here's what happens. Uh, it's like the IRS finds out you're a conservative and you're doing political things in your, your, your 501c3. And so they start, they start an investigation and they fine you for that. We're going to charge you five grand or 10 grand or 50 grand because you're politically lobbying from the pulpit, violating separation of church and state. Okay. Or... Their, authority, their magistrates step in because you refuse to worship the local pagan gods and you refuse to worship the Caesar. So we're going to fine you for that X number of dollars. And then once that takes place and they, they tank your bank account, you're arrested. During that process, you're beaten publicly. Can we add insult to injury? Stripped and beaten publicly. Paul, that happened to Paul at Philippi. We normally think of this guy in the very, you know, very dignified fellow. He was stripped nude and beaten in Philippi. Okay? That's what he endured. By the way, that happened several times. Okay? Then you put in prison. And while you're in prison, guess what the thugs do? They go to your house and they loot you of everything of value. And they have a legal right to do so. Magistrates are part of it. The, the, the ruling authorities are part of it. And you lose grandma's doily that she, she crocheted out when she was 10 years old. And it's that special thing that you've always had. And China's gone. And that special hunting rifle's gone. And it's gone. And if you get out, you go home if you still have your house. It's empty. That actually happened. And there were people saying, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to follow Jesus on that level. It's too much. And so the, the wise pastor who authors the letter says, you have need of endurance. You need to hang in there. Stay put. Don't run. Menno, stay put. Abide. Stay put. And when you do, you have confidence of a great reward. I want to read something that uh, Mark gives us. This is about, about the Lord. 
Peter said to, to Jesus, Behold, we've left everything and we've followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake. Now he's talking about the persecuted, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Victor, I thought of you when I was working through this. Eye has not seen, ears not heard, it's not entered the heart of man, all that God is preparing for those that love him. So the fact is, we have something to look forward to. And, and that is why these Christians, when they remembered their early days of following Jesus, it says that they accepted joyfully the seizure of your property knowing that you have for yourselves a better house, better property that cannot be broken into, cannot be looted, things cannot be confiscated by the cops. None of it can be touched. And that is because you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the one who is coming will come soon. In other words, have hope. Have hope. And don't be those that shrink back. Don't hide. Don't run. Be of those people, the faithful, who have faith in the preserving of the soul. You are the gifted body of Christ. Would you please speak as though the Spirit of God is in you? Would you please speak as though uh, your words are Jesus' words, the words of Christ? You know, if you've... If you've uh, <laughs> If you've been walking in the flesh, <laughs> okay. we need to hear from the prophet. We need to hear from the person of mercy, the person who gives the encouragement of God. Why does this matter? How do we live? Some of you have need of endurance. <laughs> By the way, quick aside. How is it that, we, you know, Frank, we have these kinds of descriptors. And then for us, our, our spiritual pressure is when we're at a restaurant and we got people around us. And we go, <clears throat> so we're going to bless this food. Bless my meal. That's about as tough as it gets for us, eh? <laughs> You're the body of Christ. Why does this matter? Chris, I think if we remember that God calls on to us, it doesn't call on weak-minded, timid people. We may look to ourselves as that. Say, oh, I didn't do anything. I didn't do much with my life. He knows us, and he sees the inner strength within us. And if we carry that every day, we will eventually grow more and deeper with him. Because if we look and say, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, but if we 
walk to God, he goes, yes, you can. Mm. You go deeper, you go deeper, and we see, you know, you gather in the wrong stone, keeps going further, and you get larger, and you gain that endurance, and you just keep yeah. going forward. Yeah. And you know, you're the, your walk is all, because yeah. you know of God. Yes. People look to you. Why is he, why is he so good? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Matt, as you would imagine, the pronouns are the singular, plural. <coughs> the plural. We endure together. Yeah. And isn't it fascinating that, that the people were arrested and they lost their property and they were now in prison? Can you imagine that your crime is that you go see them in prison? And if you do, you're going to be arrested and you're going to lose your stuff too. Can you imagine a family sitting around the table saying, well, I heard that, that brother, brother Jim's in prison. What do we do? What do we do? Do you risk it? Knowing that, by the way, Jim doesn't have anything to eat or wear while he's in prison. There's no tax base to fund his comforts, give him three squares of Jim and color TV. So. Well, that was what I was going to question was when they were thrown in prison, they didn't get three meals a day. If they were going to eat, somebody had to bring it. Is right, that correct? right, right. And why is that dangerous? Because if you're bringing the food, then you're going to be one of them. Yes, guilt by association. Kind after kind. It's called homogeneity. Kind after kind. Birds of a feather flock together. Homogeneity. So if you're supporting one of these people in prison, you're probably like them. And at that point, you set yourself up. Why does this matter? How do we live it out? So good, Frank. Thank you. Keep going. How do we live this out? So stuff's happening right now. It's first century persecution. People are being treated like this right now. Right now in China, this is happening right now. If you know, if I don't have the courage to pray at dinner, as you said, or to stay out of the (coughs) of work and conduct myself to higher (coughs) level of uh, expectations of my coworkers and not be career-minded, how on earth could I ever expect to have the courage to stand and kind of things we're talking about here? Yeah, it's a gut check. Yeah, huge gut check. And we can justify a lot of stuff, can't we, for safety? Mm-hmm. We sure can. Hey, Brian, um, you don't have to share, but I'm just curious. That not that they had to be great. Have you ever had a uh, fellow cop um, abandon you? Yes. Ooh, was that like your worst night? It could have. It yeah. was. You're still here, so I'm so glad. <laughs> Could have been, huh? Yeah. Mm. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek glory that is from the one and only God? How do we live this out? Chris? Um, 
unfortunately, the last five weeks, we've had five very close people in our lives die. Mm -hmm. They were all saints. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And I've had the privilege of writing tributes. Wow. Thank you, Joni. You know, Frank, uh, when we're done and it's time to pray, that's when we can draw near to each other and kind of shoulder that burden together. Uh, for some of you, the beating that you take and, and what you would consider to be the public theater is your loneliness. That's what's beating you up. Or or the, the idea that... Uh, no one loves you. A variety of things. You need to draw near. You need to draw near. So, uh, last comment. Um, verse 36, if you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, doing the will of God, uh, <coughs> Jesus said, when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Doing the will of God should be my ultimate priority. It should be your ultimate priority and not the doing of the will of yourself. Christianity is not a religion of the mere intellect where we ascend to nice ideas. Christianity is literally the living out of our faith. One more person. Speak the Spirit's words, Terry. For those of us who still have last messages of being a sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, if I have been publicly humiliated and had the tar beaten out of me, yep. I'm looking for payback. Uh, bitterness, absolutely. And absolutely. getting past that can be really tough. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I want to make it right. Yeah. I want to defend the people that came to my aid in prison. Yes. Because they are now in, yeah. in similar circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And finding that answer and putting that anger behind you can be very difficult. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're onto something, Terry. By the way, did you know that the TV shows, the, the mainline uh, TV shows that are being cranked out, they reveal a lot about us and the psychology of who we are? For example, have you noticed you have TV shows like The Punisher, right? The Equalizer. You know what those things are about? Revenge. <laughs> it's the eye for the eye, I, I, tooth for tooth, eye for eye kind of idea, the schema that a hero steps in and punishes the wicked that we think they deserve. Does that make sense? I tell you what, it's in us. We want revenge. We want our pound of flesh. We, we want it. We want justice. We want justice. We're high justice people. High law, high justice, low grace, low love. High feeling, low thinking. It's intense stuff. So, um, man, a great question is, uh, is there someone in your life you need to forgive? Or another great question would be, whose battle are you fighting anyway? <laughs> Who's the enemy? The local lector, the cop, the local magistrate, the governing official, the local priest at the pagan temple who's taking notes that you didn't stop and worship Caesar as you're walking by the, the, the Caesar worship kiosk, <laughs> taking notes. You didn't honor the Caesar. They the enemy? So... I know Holy Spirit is doing his work. I know. I know. Boy, Frank, it's a good time to draw near, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good time to draw near. Absolutely. I'm going to pray for you and trust Holy Spirit's doing the deep work. <clears throat> Abba Father, I, I know. I know you're calling us right now to a deeper walk a bold faith, unashamed to name the name of Jesus. I know that you are calling us to do your will and to stop the procrastination and the denial and the coming up with all the excuses that we can because we got feelings hurt or we don't like this or that and, and all the stuff that has nothing to do with your kingdom and, and we're getting tripped up over the wrong issues, over the wrong people, and, and, and we don't even know who the enemy is. Your word is clear. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Lord, we're here, we're here for you. We are, we are literally being crafted into the image of your son, and that's what matters. You're causing all things to work together for good. What the enemy means for evil, you mean for good. Abba, Father, thank you for these things. Lord, help us to sing truth set to music, to honor you and to encourage each other that we must mature in endurance and not be quitters. Lord, we love you and we're learning what that means and that your love casts out fear. In Jesus' name, amen.